as we launch Impact Candler. And I know I've been talking about this some leading up to today, but today's the big day when we talk about what does Impact Candler mean and how is Pole Creek truly going to change our community and make our community a better place. You know, God has placed Pole Creek in this particular location for a particular reason. And he's placed us in the community that he's placed us in for a particular reason. And it's so that we can impact Candler, North Carolina with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is our mission and that is our calling today. And you know, there's a lot of churches, including us, who may in the past have just spoken about, well, we wanna reach our community. Well, we wanna reach the world. We talk a lot about it, but we don't do much about it. We wanna not be that church. We wanna be a church that intentionally sets forth a plan to impact and reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because as Bible believers, if you believe the Bible, then you also believe that the gospel is the only way that anyone is ever gonna have joy. The gospel is the only way that anyone is ever gonna have fulfillment. And ultimately the gospel is the only way to obtain eternal life. And as we look at a community that's an ever growing community, I've always said this, if we are a church in a growing community, and yet our church is not growing with our community, then something's wrong. If we're just maintaining the norm, something is wrong. God did not call us to be mediocre. God did not call us to be complacent. God did not call us just to maintain what we've got. God has given us a vision to want more souls for his kingdom. You know, some people say, well, Ben, we shouldn't talk about numbers. We shouldn't talk about reaching more people because it's not about the numbers. Well, in a way I would agree, but mostly I would disagree because every soul equals one. The more ones you win to Jesus, the more souls that spend eternity in a place called heaven. The more souls that have a relationship with the only one who can give them fulfillment and satisfaction. Today, God has called us to reach our community. Today, God has called us to step out on faith and say, God, it's not a matter of if you allow us to reach people, but it's a matter of when. And Lord, we're just gonna prepare the way. We're just gonna make things ready here at Pole Creek for when you do. And God, we're gonna be faithful to go about the Great Commission, leading people to Jesus and inviting them to church. The goal of Impact Candler is this. It is to reach those in our community with the gospel and incorporate them into the life of Pole Creek. Now, I've said this many times. Candler, North Carolina has a population of 27,000 people. And I got a really good laugh out of the first service, so hopefully I'll get one out of you guys too. But you think Candler's just a little town, right? Candler's just a little country town on the outskirts of Asheville. But then your mind changes when you're going down 1923, trying to get to the Inca red light at 7.30 a.m. on a weekday while school's in session. All of a sudden, little Candler really does have 27,000 people living in it. Or when you're in traffic jam on Interstate 40 trying to get off at the Inca Candler West Asheville exit. Man, this place really does have 27,000 people living in it. You see people building houses in creek beds now. Now, hey, that blows my mind. I guess houses float now, but they're building them everywhere. You know why? Because Candler has 27,000 people living in it. Now listen, the community's growing. In the 1990s, Candler had a population of around 15,000 which means the population has doubled in about 30 years, doubled. So what does that mean for Pole Creek? That means we've got our job cut out for us. That means God has called us into a growing community. We're not a community that's losing jobs or a community where people are moving away. People are coming here. And we ought today to say, thank God. 
thank God that he has placed us in a growing community so that we can reach more people for the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've made preparation for the people we know God is going to bring to Pole Creek by offering two services. A lot of people may have said, well, that Ben, you know, he just wanted to do two services because he just wants to be like other churches or, you know, he's just trying to be cool. That's the next new thing. No, it's because we needed to make room for new people. And if we don't have seats for them to sit in, then what good is it to invite them to our church? That's why we have two services. And I love seeing this service as full as it is this morning. I encourage our 930 service to fill up that service as well because I know that God can easily fill up two services here at Pole Creek, incorporating people into the life of our church so that they can be discipled through the preaching of the word and encouraged by the fellowship of other believers. You know that God has instituted two great institutions in human history. Number one is the, mar is the, wet, the marriage between one man and one woman. He instituted that in the Garden of Eden. And we know that the marriage unit between one man and one woman is the strength of a society. It is the ultimate unit of family. And when your marriages are strong, your community is strong. But God also instituted the local church in Acts chapter 2 at the day of Pentecost. As the Holy Spirit was poured out on mankind and the Holy Spirit indwelt believers, the Bible teaches us the church was instituted that day. It says that day about 3,000 people were added to the church. And then throughout the rest of the New Testament, in Paul's letters and in the general epistles and in all the letters and the gospels, we find that the church is instrumental in the life of a Christian. That the Christian life is better when you are incorporated into and serving in a local Bible-believing church. Hey, listen, church is not institutionalized religion. Church is God-breathed religion. Church is God-instituted religion. Church is necessary, by the way, for you to reach the full potential that God has called you to in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Nowhere else are you going to find encouragement from your brothers and sisters. Nowhere else are you going to get the opportunities to serve like you do in a Bible-believing church. Nowhere else are you going to get godly advice in the most difficult of situations. That is the local church that God faithfully instituted. So that's our goal. We want people to know Christ, but we want them to be incorporated into our church so they can be discipled and know what it means to be a Christ follower. Some of you here in this service this morning, you may say, well, Ben, I would like to go to the earlier service. It would actually work out better for me to go to 930. Well, one thing that we are going to be doing here in the coming months, in the coming years, we're going to be starting new groups, new Bible study groups. Now, we have several good groups that meet on campus during the 930 hour and the 11 o'clock hour, but we also want to begin to start groups in people's homes because here's the thing. If we're trusting God to bring new people to Pole Creek, then we've got to have groups to put them in. And the beautiful thing about having a group that may not meet here at the church or may meet throughout the week is that you are not tied to a particular service. You're able to go to the service that you want to go to on that particular Sunday. So we're going to begin to start new groups, just like we've emptied seats. We're not only going to empty seats, but we're going to start new groups for new people because our goal is not just to fill empty seats. Our goal is to disciple Christ followers in group settings where they can build relationships with other believers and they can live life with other believers. And that is going to be our goal this year. We're offering a REACH class as well this year to prepare you to share the gospel with our community. We actually have one coming up very soon. It'll be on Sunday evenings starting February the 19th from 4, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. You can register online for that under small groups. 
We'd love for you to be a part of that if you've not had any evangelism training because we don't want to just ask you to invite people from our community into our church without being prepared, without knowing how to share your faith if that opportunity arises because that's ultimately what God has called us to do. Not only that, but we're gonna bathe Impact Candler in prayer all year. As we set out to invite our community, we're not just gonna invite people to Pole Creek. We're not just gonna prepare for them when they get here by emptying seats and creating new groups, but we're also going to be praying over those folks that God lays on your heart to minister to and invite to church. Hey, you know, there's people in your community that you're gonna be able to reach that I'll never be able to reach. People in your subdivisions or in your developments or in your apartment complexes or in your trailer parks. People that I'll never have access to, I'll never have a relationship with, but you do. And God has strategically placed you in their life to minister to them. We're gonna be praying for you as you minister to those folks. And we're gonna be praying that God works on the other end to prepare their hearts for when you talk to them. Because listen, it's a two-way thing. Not only is God calling people to share the gospel, but God is calling people to be saved. And you know what? When those two meet, that's when salvation happens. When someone obeys God by articulating the gospel, someone else obeys God by trusting in Jesus. That's when salvation takes place. So we'll be bathing Impact Candler in prayer all year long. Here's how this is ultimately gonna work. Adults, students, and children will lead the way by praying or inviting every month. So here's how it is. And you can actually pick these up on your way out. These are refrigerator magnets. It gives the entire schedule for the year. We'll basically be rotating through a different group of people every month, adults, students, and children. So one month, it will be the challenge for the adults to invite people to come and be a part of Pole Creek. And while the adults are inviting and ministering, the students, the children, and everyone else will be praying for them as they do that. The next month, the students will be challenged to go and invite their friends and their classmates and folks at school. And while they're doing that, we're gonna be bathing them in prayer as they invite. The next month is gonna be our children. And we're gonna be bathing our children in prayer as they go to school and invite their friends, as they invite their friends in their community. And it's gonna be a rotation that happens all year until December. And each month, we are strategically and intentionally not only going to invite, but pray. Because if you believe the Bible, then you know that prayer is a power source. Prayer is our lifeline and our connection to the creator of the universe. The Bible teaches us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Why can we come boldly to the throne of grace? Because Jesus died and paid the price for our sins. Jesus rent the veil in two from top to bottom, where we now have access into the presence of God. Because of his blood, we can call out to the name of our God and say, God, Give us strength, God help us lead souls to you and God give us favor in the eyes of those in our community. So make sure we're asking one per family, but grab these on your way out, put this on your refrigerator. We'll be communicating all year as to what month each group is asked to invite, what month each group is asked to pray. And then we're gonna be giving you resources to help you invite and minister to our community. We just ordered, by the way, 10,000 invite cards. 10,000, because I believe that we'll be able to hand out 10,000 invite cards in this calendar year. You may say, well, Ben, there's only 27,000 people in Candler, and out of those 27,000, a couple of people are bound to get two or three cards. You know what I say? Praise the Lord. Hey, if the lady at Bojangles, if I'm going through the drive-thru and I hand her an invite card and I say, we'd love for you to come to Pole Creek, and she says, I've already gotten one of these this morning. Praise the Lord. 
Pole Creek's on fire wanting people to come to know Jesus. That's what we want. When you're sitting there at Applebee's and the waitress comes and brings you that ticket, you leave her a nice tip, by the way, and then you also leave that invite card. She says, wow, somebody else gave me one of these this week. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's pour it on them. Because you know what? People are going to start wondering, what in the world is wrong with those people over at Pole Creek? <laughs> they are absolutely weird. And it blows my mind every time somebody wants to join our church, by the way, because I figured you guys run half of them off. But you don't. People actually, <laughs> people actually like you guys. You know why? It's because you're real. It's because we're authentic, because we worship a real God. And the world wants something real. The world doesn't want this, this powder puff, cream puff type stuff. The world wants the true God. The Bible teaches us that God has already made himself known to all people through creation. And those who don't trust God are suppressing the truth. Many of whom want to know this God, but no one has shared them the gospel. Hey, did you know just because someone lives in Canlan, North Carolina does not mean they've ever had the gospel shared with them? Does it mean they've ever been to a church? Does it mean they have any idea what it means to be a Christ follower? Hey, God's called us to teach them. God's called us to share with them. God's called us to reach Candler, North Carolina, this 27,000 precious souls that he has placed us in the midst of. Throughout Impact Candler, we will expect God to move mightily as we step out on faith and devote this entire year to reaching Candler, North Carolina. We're launching it today, but we're going to revisit this over and over and over again throughout the year. We're going to continue to reignite Can uh, Impact Candler. We're going to continue to give you resources. We're going to celebrate throughout the year about what God is doing, and we are going to fulfill the great commission that God has called us to here in our community. So when you do invite your family and friends, I want to ask you to do this and your neighbors. When they come with you, which I know they will, when they come, we have these I'm new cards in the backs of our seats. And I know we beat the I'm new card drum until you're tired of hearing it. You say amen right there if you want to. Amen. All right, y'all are still awake. But here's why we beat that drum so much. When you bring someone new into our church, when they fill out that I'm new card, you know what happens? We get information to where we can now reach out to them and thank them for being a part of Pole Creek, for, to thank them just for spending time to worship with us. Now, we're not going to badger anyone, but what happens is then if they come again and again and again, we now have information and we have an understanding of how many new people we have who now need to be incorporated into groups, who need to be incorporated into serving positions so that we know, hey, I need five new group facilitators, five new teachers, because I've got this many people that I need to put into a group. But if I don't know how many new people we have, it's hard for me to be able to judge and to distinguish how many groups to make ready for new people. So we've got to prepare for that. And in preparing for that is us getting that very, very vital information. And listen, they don't listen to me, by the way. I ask them to fill them out. They don't listen to me. They'll listen to you. Okay, so y'all help me do that, and I promise you it'll pay off when we're able to incorporate them in the life of our church. As we look to start new groups, a lot of people, if they're ever asked to teach a Sunday school class, they're they're just the bottom of their stomach drops. They're like, there's no way I can teach a Sunday school class. You know, I'm not a theologian. I can't stand up there for 45 minutes and expound on the Bible in front of a group of people. Well, listen, when we talk about new groups that we're starting, we're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who loves Jesus, who's able to sit down with a group of people, maybe in your home, maybe here on campus throughout the week or somewhere else, and you're able to facilitate a Bible discussion with other people. 
You're able to facilitate relationship building and you're able to give them a place where they can safely and, and feel in a way that they can ask questions and learn about Jesus. You don't have to be a theologian to lead a group. You don't have to have a seminary degree. Just love Jesus and love his word. And I promise you, God can use you in that way. So in the coming weeks, we're actually gonna send out a survey and we're gonna find out how many in our church would be willing to lead one of these groups. How many people in our church would be willing to lend their living room to a weekly group that may meet on Thursday evenings or Monday evenings or Sunday nights or Saturday mornings or whatever you choose, it doesn't matter. Because we wanna make sure that we have groups for the new people that we know God is gonna bring our way and that we know we're gonna reach by trusting him and living out the Great Commission. So obviously we're gonna celebrate often as we obey the Spirit and watch Him use our people. So we're gonna have special times of celebration for what God is doing at Pole Creek. And I'll tell you, God is already at work. I mean, last week we had uh, three people join our church. Uh, today we had three people join through baptism, which was such a blessing to watch. Listen, there's a lot of churches that don't baptize anybody in a calendar year. They've not put water in their baptistry in so long, they don't even know if the thing still holds water. All right? Pole Creek's baptistry, we wear it out. And you know why? It's not the preacher, and it's not even the people, but it's God's grace on our church. God has put Pole Creek here as a means of grace for our community. There are a lot of communities across this globe that don't have Bible-believing churches within their boundaries. They don't have access to a Bible-believing church where they can be ministered to and taught the Word. Candler does. And I'm so thankful that God has chosen to put Pole Creek right here at the head of Milk Sit Cove for a purpose to reach our community. So this year, we're going to pray. We're going to continue to revisit. Don't forget to get your magnet on the way out so that you know who's going to be inviting what month. And believe me, I can talk a lot and I can communicate a lot. So you'll be hearing a lot more about it this year. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, we know. I heard that one. That was good. That was good. So here, and, and here, here's what's important. We need to realize that this is not just something that we're doing just to try to make ourselves look useful. This is not just something that we're doing to try to add numbers to Pole Creek, but we want to do this because it's a biblical idea. It's a biblical initiative. It's a biblical calling. So for us to see that, I want you guys to see someone who impacted a community for Christ, and his name is Jonah. Jonah's impact on Nineveh. So if you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. Now, when we think about the story of Jonah in Scripture, we think of it as more of a childish story. We think about the big fish swallowing Jonah, Jonah living in his belly for a couple days, him spitting Jonah out, and it being this big, dramatic thing for children. But I want to ask you adults, and you, those of you children who are in here as well, what if the book of Jonah is not just some story, but what if it's actually a mirror? And when we look in the mirror of the book of Jonah, we see ourselves. Jonah is not just some disobedient child of God who doesn't want to serve God, but Jonah is every single one of us. Jonah in the book, in that event, there in that story, is doing exactly what we do. He's running from God. The call of his life has been made known to him through the word of God, and yet he runs. He runs. Hey, you know, this morning that ought to really encourage all of us that one of the heroes of the Bible, Jonah, is just like we are. Every hero in the Bible, if you didn't know this already, is a failure, except one, Jesus. 
You know the Bible, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the writers of the scriptures, the Bible is very clear about the fact that Moses was a failure. Noah was a failure. Abraham, David, they all had issues in their lives just like we do. You ever notice that in the Bible? There's not one person in the Bible where a beautiful, perfect picture is painted of him or her. They're failures, they're weak, they're sinful. You know what? That makes me actually feel better today because I'm a failure. I'm weak. I'm sinful. But you know what? Look what God did through these men and women in Scripture. These people who Moses said, I'm not even articulate or eloquent enough to go to the king of Egypt and demand that my people, that your people, God, are to be let go. God used them anyways. He led them through the wilderness for 40 years, preserving the bloodline of Christ, preserving the Jewish people. And it happens over and over and over again in Scripture. There's a lot of things that are in common there. Number one, everybody that God calls is a sinner. Everyone God calls is a failure. And everyone God calls has a, a bad self-esteem, thinking that they can't do it. But yet everyone God calls who obeys, he uses in mighty ways that are unexplainable. Can you think about this, the fact that he called a 16-year-old boy named David to defeat a warrior giant? I mean, I mean does it, make, it doesn't make sense. But see, God uses the weak things to confound the wise, to confound the world. Human wisdom in God's word and in God's understanding and in God's realm doesn't make sense. We can't comprehend the wisdom of our God. So today I want to encourage you with that, that like God used Jonah, who was a failure, who struggled, today God can use me and God can use you. So if you will stand to your feet as we read the word, Jonah chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Jonah chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This was his second chance, by the way. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Now Nineveh was an extremely great city, a three-day walk. Jonah set out on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, In 40 days Nineveh will be demolished. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he issued a decree in Nineveh by order of the king and his nobles. No person or animal, herd or flock is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both people and animals must be covered with sackcloth, and everyone must call out earnestly to God. Each must turn from his evil ways and from his wrongdoing, who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. Verse 10, God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with, and he did not do it. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And Lord, as we seek to obey you and impact Candler, North Carolina, Lord, we see this man named Jonah who impacted Nineveh, who was faithful to go and obey. Lord, and you were so long-suffering with him as he disobeyed the first time. But then, Lord, when you brought him back and, and you showed him your power and you showed him your grace, he obeyed. And Lord, we can't believe what happened. 
an entire city repented of their sins, and you chose not to destroy them because they repented. Today, Lord, we know we live in a community of people who are dying in their sin, a community that is plagued with drug use, a community that is plagued with domestic violence, a community, God, that is plagued with poverty. But Lord, we know that it's not new elected officials, it's not new public policy or, or county programs that are gonna fix these issues, but Lord, we know that it's the gospel. The gospel heals communities, the gospel heals societies, and the gospel heals hearts. Lord, we know that through the gospel, based upon your death on the cross, your burial and your resurrection, that you can give a person a brand new heart, that you can change them, God. We know that all those who are in you are new creatures. The old has passed away and all things are made new. Today, God, I pray, Jesus, that you would encourage us to impact our community. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So as we look at Jonah and as we look at him impacting Nineveh, I want you to see three different things related to how God used Jonah to impact Nineveh. Number one, we're gonna see that there was a problem. There was a great problem that Nineveh was facing and there was a great problem that needed a solution. In Jonah chapter one, verses one through two, the Bible says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Why? Because their evil has come up before me. Hey, you know what? Today we live in a community whose evil has come up before God. You may say, Ben, this isn't Las Vegas. Ben, this isn't Sodom and Gomorrah. This is Candler. But today we need to realize that more people in our community don't know Christ than do. More people in our community have a warped understanding of what life is all about. More people in our community are relying upon their own pleasure, their own understanding, their own wisdom to get them to heaven or to get them satisfaction or to get them fulfillment than who know and live by the truth. Hey, listen, today the evil of our community is rising up before our God. You may say, well, Ben, why has God not destroyed us yet? Why has the judgment of God not fallen yet? It's because of his grace and his mercy. Do you see what happened there in Nineveh? It says that God stayed his hand, that God did not judge Nineveh because they repented of their sin. We have a merciful God today, and we live among a sinful world. We ourselves being sinners saved by God's grace. And God placing Pole Creek in Candler, North Carolina is resemblance of his long suffering for those who live in our community because there is a voice for the gospel among them. There is a place where they can hear the truth of God's word preached. Pole Creek is a means of grace for our community today. Hey, did you know that just because someone has the name Baptist on their front sign does not mean that it's a Bible-believing church, does not mean that they worship the one true God, does not mean that they stand upon the inspired, infallible word of God. That has nothing to do with it. And you know what? Just because we say there's a lot of Baptist churches in Candler Bend, therefore there's a lot of Bible-believing churches in Candler Bend. I'm sorry, those two do not equate anymore. Just because you may think that does not mean that is the case. And a lot of times, resemblance of that is seen in what they're doing in the community or how many cars are in their parking lots. They're just not reaching people. And that is a sad, sad thing. We don't wanna be that here at Pole Creek. We wanna be a church that is alive, a church that stands on the truth of the word of God. One thing is clear, that churches that abandon the word of God die. Did you know that? Churches that decide to embrace a social understanding of the gospel in that, well, you know what? We just need to embrace all ideas. 
We just need to say, well, if you're sincere in whatever you believe in, it's okay, you're still gonna go to heaven. That's the idea that a lot of churches have nowadays. And let me tell you what, they die. They shut the doors. You know why? There's nothing real there. There's no power. The Bible teaches us that in order to have a church that's alive, we must have the Holy Spirit present. This must be his service. He must be leading us. And the way that he leads us is through the word. Now, there's a lot of things in this Bible that I don't necessarily like to hear. There's some things in this Bible that are very hard for me to swallow sometimes. But praise God, it doesn't matter if it's hard for Ben to swallow. It's the truth. It's God-breathed, absolute, objective truth, unchanging from eternity past to eternity future. The word of God will endure forever. And hey, if we wanna be a church that's alive, if we wanna be a church that has power in our community to reach the lost and to lead them into a relationship with the king, we must be a church that stands upon the breathed word of God. And I promise you there is power in that. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27 says this, and just as it is appointed for people to die once and after this, the judgment. Well, isn't that the whole problem that we're facing today? Isn't that the problem that people in Candler, North Carolina are facing that is appointed unto man once to die? Hey, that's the issue that we're facing today, that we live in a community of people who have a ticking clock. Their life is going to expire one day. And when that life expires, the Bible says, and after this, the judgment. So what are we going to do about that? Hey, God forbid people die and go to a place called hell because Pole Creek was complacent. Because Pole Creek was more worried about ourselves than our community. God forbid that. Hey, you know what? One day I want to be able to stand before God and him say, boy, Pole Creek, I'll tell you what. Y'all led a lot of people to me. Well done good and faithful servants. Well done. You listened and you heard and you took serious that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Hey, you know, Jonah, as he was going through that city of Nineveh, the Bible teaches us there was about 200,000 people that lived in that city. 200,000 souls that were about to spend forever in a place called hell. Thank God that Jonah said, all right, God, I'll do it. Thank God a man named Jonah walked that three-day walk through that city preaching about the judgment of God, preaching that there is appointed unto man wants to die, and then the judgment. Isn't that amazing? The entire city got saved. The entire city of Nineveh got right with God because one man decided to preach the gospel. Here we have about 350 400 active members at Pole Creek in a community of 27,000. Hey, if God can use one man to save 200,000, I promise you he can use 350 to 400 to save a community of 27,000, amen? And he's called us to do that, by the way. This isn't some figment of my imagination. The word of God has called us. God himself has called us. He has called us to be a church that makes disciples, baptizes them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaches them to observe all things that Jesus commanded us. And the Bible says that he will be with us until the end of the age. He's called us to that great commission today. So as we think about the problem, now we gotta say, what's the mission? What, what, now how are we gonna fix this problem that we see in Candler that there's people that don't know Jesus here that need to hear about him and need to know what it means to be a Christ follower? Well, that leads us to the mission, the mission. We find that in Jonah chapter three, verses one through four. Beginning in verse one of chapter three, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, get up, go. Well, that's pretty clear, right? Get up, go. 
Hey, you know what he's calling Pole Creek to do this morning? Get up and go. Get up and go tell somebody. Get up and go love on somebody. Get up and go invite your neighbor, your coworker, your friend, somebody that doesn't know Christ. Get up and go. Go invite people. He says to that great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Don't we already have a message to preach? Hasn't the Lord already given us the gospel? Hasn't he already said to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? The fact that God himself took on flesh and dwelt among us, willingly died on a cross and was buried and raised himself up from the grave three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave. Man, what a message. Man, what a, a sermon to preach to our community that they don't have to die in loneliness. They don't have to die in hopelessness. They don't have to die in their sin, but they have hope where they can be fulfilled and they can live for the purpose by which they were created. And that purpose is to be in a relationship with Jesus. Hey, if we think about Buncombe County, we see that there's about 200 Bible-believing churches in Buncombe County. And that's probably being very generous, by the way. And let's just say generously that 40 of those 200 exist in Candler, North Carolina. Well, that means that if there are 40 Bible-believing churches in Candler among 27,000 people, that each of those 40, 40 churches need to reach 675 people. Each of those 40 churches need to incorporate 675 people into the discipleship ministries of their church so that those can all mature and grow in Christ. My friends today, I will tell you that the majority, if any of the churches in Candler are not reaching 675 people. Many of the churches in Candler can't hold 675 people. You know what that means? That if we're doing our job, we're gonna have to start building more churches. We're gonna have to start planting more churches in Candler. We're gonna have to start adding more services. We're gonna have to build a bigger auditorium to fit everyone in. You say, oh, Ben, we've, we've talked about that for years. That's true. We have a master plan, by the way, that Pole Creek has that was created years ago that has plans for a 1,200-seat auditorium to be built right over here in this parking lot. Not across the road, on this side of the road right here in this parking lot. Hey, you know what? Let's have to get those plans back out. Let's have to build that auditorium. Let's reach enough people in our community where we've got to make more seats, where we have to make more room, where we have to create more groups to disciple these people. You say, Ben, the, pe the people just aren't there. What do you mean there's 27,000 of them? Most churches aren't reaching their 675. We're not reaching 675. Hey, you know what? We can. You know what it takes? Obedience. Just like Jonah, God, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to Assyria. Those people are mean. They don't look like me. They don't smell like me. And they want to conquer Israel. I hate those people. I'm not going because I know you're long-suffering. I know you're merciful, God. And if I go, I know you're going to save them, and I just don't want to do it. Could you imagine if that was your reason to not share the gospel? Today, did you know that Candler doesn't look like it looked 30 years ago, 15 years ago? There's people from all over the world moving into Buncombe County. Buncombe County is a melting pot. Hey, people don't have even a Christian understanding because we have people from Eastern religions moving in. Have you been to a local gas station lately? More than likely, it's owned by a Hindu, someone who has no idea of what Christianity is. Hey, you know what? They need to be reached. They need somebody to love on them. They need somebody to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that people are not always going to look like us? They're not always going to talk like us, and they're not always going to smell like us, but they've got a seat here at Pole Creek. And because God has called us not to reach people in our comfort zone, but to reach all people. 27,000 people today in Candler. Hey, God's called us to do that. And I know that if we step out on faith, just like Jonah, 
if we swallow our pride, just like Jonah, and if we obey the command of God, just like Jonah, if a city of 200,000 can repent, I promise you a community of 27,000 can do that as well. God broke Jonah and God used him. This morning, you may be sitting there and you may have all these reasons why you don't want to invite your neighbors to church. You may have all these reasons why you don't want to minister to your coworker. Hey, this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you and breaks your heart for that eternal soul. That no matter what kind of pride is standing in your way, I pray that the Holy Spirit points that out to you and you repent. And you say, all right, Lord, I'll do it. Hey, you know, God just might send that big old fish to swallow you if you keep telling him no. And nobody wants to be in the belly of a fish for three days, amen? <laughs> Lastly, it's the impact. In other words, we know the problem. We know what God's called us to do. Now, what's gonna happen if we actually do it? What's gonna happen if 2023 truly is about impacting Candler and reaching our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, let's see what happened with Jonah. Let's start in verse five there of Jonah chapter three. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. Did you know people can't believe in Jesus unless someone tells them about Jesus? The Bible teaches us that without a preacher, or without a proclaimer, people cannot come to faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes by preaching of the word. In other words, God gave you a mouth so that you can proclaim, so that you can lead people to Jesus. Verse six, it says this, when word reached the king, little old Jonah, the prophet from little old Israel comes into this major capital city of the great Assyrian empire. He preaches a message and it says that it reached the king. It made it to the king in verse six. He got up from his throne when he heard the message, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. That was resemblance in the Middle East of a mourning, mourning, sadness, dread for what they've done. The king was genuinely repenting of his sins. The leader of a great city, the city of Nineveh. You go on down there and it says that he even issued a decree by order of the king and his nobles, no person or animal, herd or flock is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both people and animals must be covered with sackcloth and everyone must call out earnestly to God. Now, let me be very clear with you. The Assyrians did not worship the God of the Hebrews. That day they did. They had been calling on false gods for hundreds of years as Assyrians. But that day they called on the God of the Bible. That day they called on the God of the Hebrews because a man named Jonah said, you know what? I'm gonna do what God has called me to do. He said this, everyone must call out earnestly to God. Each must turn from his evil ways and from his wrongdoing. And here's what the king's hope was. Who knows? He says, who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. God's mercy shines through in verse 10. God saw their actions that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with, and he did not do it. Today, church, I wanna encourage you that you're exactly where God has called you to be. You're a part of a church where God is gonna use you mightily. You're a part of a church where you are gonna be encouraged and supported, where you are gonna be taught the truth of God's word, and you are gonna have opportunities to use the talents and the gifts God has given you to serve him with. Hey, today, God has called Pole Creek as a church family to a great work. He's put us in Candler for a reason. 
And you know what? We need to take it personal. When bad things happen to Candler, it ought to hurt us. When bad things happen to our community, it should hurt. When people suffer in our community, it should hurt because it's our community. We ought to take ownership of this place. And we ought to say, you know what? By the grace of God, we're going to lead as many people to Jesus as we can. And we're going to get as many incorporated in this Bible-believing church as possible. Let's pray.